Hello, Magic Monday listeners. It's producer Brett here, and I am here to share the happy news that Natasha has a new show. It's called Getting to Know Woo, a weekly podcast dedicated to showcasing all the practical, useful, life-changing help that so-called woo-woo techniques can offer. Hosted by Natasha and co-hosted by yours truly, we are very excited to share the first episode here. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts or at gettingtoknowwoo.com. Thanks and enjoy. Getting to know you. Woo. Getting to know all about Woo. You. Getting to like Woo. You. Getting to hope you like Woo. You. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be here for the first podcast of Getting to Know Woo. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's the voice of uh, the... No, no. What should we call you? Are you a co-host? Uh, co-host slash producer slash yeah. bon vivant. <laughs> what is bon vivant? I don't even. Know uh, someone is. who loves life. Uh- <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! I didn't know we were having one of those. Oh but yeah. That's great. Well, you get one when you get me. <laughs> oh <So>. wow. <laughs> I, I didn't surprise you hadn't noticed I know after 19 years together um but I yeah what I was gonna say was I hadn't mentioned that in the intro it just talks about me rather I just talk about me but we <laughs> haven't mentioned that your important part role in this is as I talk about all of this um woo woo stuff that you are you're more new to it. I mean, at this point, you're a lot less new to it, but yeah. you you have a new you have a different um, perspective. Yeah, I've I've got a new attitude. You got um, a new attitude, <laughs> I and I thought that would trademark. be well. Actually, it was your idea. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I it's funny because actually, after I suggested it to you, I realized that I I don't know if I can strictly speaking claim to be a newbie anymore because we have been together for nearly two decades um but i feel like i still manage to bring uh that perspective to it a lot like someone who isn't as familiar with it so and also you are more sciencey i guess yeah so i thought that would be perhaps you thought that too but when you talked about I forget exactly how you said it, but basically I think it would will be nice to have, you know, another perspective if you have questions, maybe like I'm off thinking everybody knows certain things and you will be like, hold up, 
I will probably not call you bish. Oh, okay. Probably. Probably. Um, Anywho, so what we're going to do each week, I think, it's all a kind of a work in progress here. I do feel like I want to give a shout out to my previous uh, podcast that we still don't know what if it's on hold permanently or partially. <laughs> um, Tess and I, each time we check in, we're like, I doesn't feel right either way to say goodbye or to stay yet. So we're letting that happen um, to Magic Monday. So hello to Magic Monday listeners, if you are listening. Um, and I don't know why I wanted to give a shout out to Magic Monday. <laughs> But I did. And um, so anyway, what I'm thinking is what we're thinking is like usually we'll have a little check in and then we're going to go with the topic of the day. That's right. So um, and I do think just to by way of introduction and people will get to know me as I go on that again, Magic Monday listeners will know that I um, was raised with a lot of narcissism. Um, and especially from my mom and that is really what brought me at age 16, I would say I started doing, um, I did go to therapy also and I, I still do off and on. Um, but it really was these tools as I've, as I said in the intro, um, (laughs) that have helped me a lot. And also I feel very passionate about, I guess I also said this in the intro, but to expand on it a little further, just about how helpful this <clears throat> these kinds of tools are for mental health, emotional health. Yeah. And I feel like truly like I feel that the patriarchy, this also the misogyny of um, things about women that are very valuable are devalued in terms of like intuition not that men can't also have intuition but it's well, more even, of a, yeah. yeah go ahead even that's go a on. part of it i feel like that intuition is considered an inherently feminine thing or like only like that's something women do right right and therefore it's bad because right. women are, are not right. as valuable They're flighty can't be trusted ungrounded right. oh, i didn't know about the can't be trusted <laughs> <laughs> oops <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to reveal that. Um, Yeah. Especially, I will say, women, This I really love that there's a whole new wave of ADHD being recognized in women. Mm -hmm. Um, I certainly was, um, I would say, a victim to that, to being thought of as flighty and spacey and, Mm -hmm. you know, traits that are, that are, um, what do you call it? in AD <laughs> traits that are inherent in ADHD women, women with ADHD. Um, yeah. yeah. Symptomatic of. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but anyway, so I'll, I, I say this a lot in my work in different ways. Like when I'm working with people and just all over the place, I'm saying it, how powerful <laughs> tools like self-compassion are. And they're so overlooked as just being like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, be self-compassion. But if, I mean, truly, if women had been <laughs> the ones in charge at oh, all times, if, if women were more valued, we would see 
I mean, not that, of course, women do struggle with self-compassion, but I'm saying like those kinds of things, if, um, that are attributed to more, a more feminine way of being, am I making sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like I spent my whole life being hard on myself as a way of motivating myself of like, you know, just grow up or like man up and do it. Like, I know you don't want to, you're, or, you know, what kind of idiot can't do this? Like, and it is, <laughs> it is not even a little bit helpful. I mean, it only yeah. makes you feel terrible. And definitely yeah. the introduction of self compassion to my own internal monologue has been life changing. Yeah. So, tools like this, I mean, self compassion maybe isn't thought of as woo, but I mean, maybe it's, it could be in the camp, I guess. Yeah. It's one of those things that. Um, this is part of why I'm doing it. So, any hoosers, should we... <laughs> any woozers? Any woozy hoosers. So, <laughs> oh, well, before we get to the subject at hand, which is death, it's not a spoiler alert because um, it's, it's right in, there the in the title, title. getting to yep. know death. Um, I wanted to start small. <laughs> Just ease your way <laughs> to con- Yeah. Dip a toe to in the pool. Subjects that everybody wants to talk about. Yeah. It's probably it's a great business decision to talk about death. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, first I will just say, if you're not familiar with me, um, get to know me over at highestlighthealing.com. You can also find me on Instagram and now TikTok. I'm woot, doing woot. stuff over there. Yeah. Um, but you can, I do sessions where I look at people's energy and help identify their core wounds of whatever's going on behind the problem at hand that they've brought to me and then we help clear it out and I always give people tools and ways to um to heal it and I also offer classes and other things which you can find over there okay oh and I have a book coming out in the spring that I'm so excited about what's it called oh it's called healing your inner child oh my god yeah by Union Square Press, which is exciting because it'll be out there in the old Barnes and Nobies. Yeah, and real physical bookstores and everything. Yeah. Okay. So the reason that I'm, I didn't intend to start with getting to know death, um, but uh, my father died a couple. Oh boy, that's going to make me emotional. I mean, that <laughs> sounds obvious, but um, <laughs> just saying that has. It's making me sad. Yeah. Um, we're getting right into it. <laughs> well, I, you know, so part of what I want to talk about is like, I am kind of surprised that that just is making me emotional because um, I've actually been feeling slightly like guilty that I haven't been deep in grief the way I have with like, let's say, um, a couple of cats that we have lost <laughs> over the years. Yeah. Um, but you know, my relationship with my father was, um, I guess I don't like to say complicated because, but I think in complex. this case, it, yeah, yeah, I guess it was complex. Um, yeah. He wasn't around a lot growing up. He traveled a lot for work, and also, I th- he hid behind my mom a lot. Um, who was a a force. She was a real force. And in fact, um, 
when, uh, so I did a trade recently after my dad died with someone who does what I do. We both, I guess, I don't call myself a medium, but I, I do talk to dead people. <laughs> um, and she was saying that he was describing my mom as a hurricane, like a hurricane four. What is it? Yeah, class four. Class hurricane. four, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was, it's just been a bit complicated complicated and the last week that we spent together I went out there as he was dying he actually chose to do end of life um, care which is assisted suicide which it shouldn't really be called suicide but no. he was he had real a lot of cancer very quickly just spread very quickly he was in a, little, in a lot of pain so yeah. um, and that last week was actually kind of like it's funny, my friend Cassie said it was like kind of like a living funeral, like you for the last <laughs> mm-hmm. few days because he was he was on a lot of drugs, but it made him more open than he used to be, and, <laughs> and he was very present for he we we talked a lot, and it was it, there was a lot of closure there, but well closure I, don't know, I guess I didn't really need a lot of closure, but there was a lot of connection. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah, well, I mean, you said that he described it as some of the best days of his life. And yeah. I, I think it was precisely because of that connection. Yeah, not just with me, but with a lot of people came right. to see him and stuff. Well, and he reached out to me. Like, he was reaching out to yeah. a lot of people. And it yes. was definitely, like, the easiest conversation like flow most flowing conversation that i'd ever had with him oh i didn't know that yeah yeah it felt a lot lighter than yeah i mean even though we didn't talk about anything different than we normally talk about uh it it felt um just easier to talk to him in some ways that's what oxycontin does for you (laughs) i guess for some people (laughs) i don't know if it does that for everybody well, before you're fully addicted, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I wanted to talk more about um, what, like, dealing with death from the um, woo perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he was first, there was, it all happened very quickly. There was about two weeks and I would say between the time I found out and the time he died. And um, he, what I noticed, essentially when I was feeling um, my pain and my grief, um, I noticed that when I tuned in, it really was like the eight-year-old in me. And before I even say anything else, I want to say, you know, grief is different for everybody. So it's not like, okay, this is how you handle it. But one thing that might be helpful is to, when you're feeling grief, first of all, just feel your feelings is so important if you can. I mean, when you can, let's put it that way. Because I was thinking about it, every death is so different. And with this death, there was a lot of details that had to be done with between yeah. my siblings and that like was a lot of administrative a, stuff. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which was creating a lot of anxiety in me. Um, and actually it still was even today, there's still stuff. And I noticed, okay, let me just take a breath and look at the anxiety as my inner child, because that's part of people who aren't familiar with this, like inner child work is, Essentially, you have this center, we all do, 
which is like a witness or an, a loving inner adult or there there's a difference between your higher self and your inner adult but in some ways they can serve interchangeably in the sense of feeling connected to self-compassion and you know just like you would with a friend that's going through something if you're not merging with their feelings or something like that right so i took a breath and i noticed this anxious inner child and i realized like oh my god she feels like she has to do all of this mm. and that's very overwhelming for like she's like five or six you know and that was scary to her i was yeah. realized like when i was able to kind of pull her out of me for a second and and feel what she was feeling separate from me in a way if that makes sense yeah um that uh it was just a lot of her feeling like she had to take everything on. And when I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is, I am the only, and I was just like dealing with closing one of his like accounts, like his phone account. Right. You know, but it was still felt like a lot of pressure, you know, well, <laughs> a five-year-old, tell a five-year-old, yes. go, yeah. Yeah, go close your your father's <laughs> phone account, your dying father's phone yeah, account. Your dead father's phone oh, account. Right, right. Um. Yeah, so she, this part of me, like, I felt so much anxiety, and when I was like, no, this is the adult doing this, it was interesting, because what happened was she felt like I got this, I, I know it can sound funny to talk about it, like she felt like, but, you know, well, this is part of inner child work, is this part of me felt like, um, well, what am I, but this is how I'm valued, Right. Like what I do is how I'm valued and um, what I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm not like trying to be the best, you know, so that my siblings understand that I'm doing the work that I need to do and like that they'll appreciate it and they'll, you know, value me. And it and so I just, you know, gave her some love and compassion. I was like, no, this isn't your value. Like this all I'm doing is it, it's actually pretty mundane. It's okay. You can go have fun. Right. Right. So th this is part of what it is. Also, realize I started to say that I realized that really it was my eight year old self that was mourning my dad because that's when we had the most connection together. And she also idealized him. my when I was eight, I really idealized him and thought that he was like, I mean, because he would kind of save me from my mom a lot. Right. So giving that part of me a lot of love and that really helped to stabilize me. So that's something you could do just noticing when you're dealing with the loss of a loved one or even a breakup or any kind of, you know, mourning, checking in with. How old is the part of me that's feeling this? And then maybe an adult, like when I have lost cats where it's been very sad, I just felt the grief and uh, that's all I needed to do was right. just feel it. I mean, it sucked, but I just felt it. Yeah. Can I uh, just say? Yes, you may. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so when when my dad died a few years ago, um, I Oh, it's was... a competition now? Yeah, my dad's been dead longer. Um, I mean, it's not <laughs> not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, when he died a few years ago, I was still pretty new to inner child work. I mean, mm -hmm. I was like brand new, I think, because yeah. I had, 
I was doing a great job of checking in with uh, my inner child parts. Like, and it was also for me about eight years old, the part that was mm. like especially um, oh. grieving. That's but I was, I had no, I did not yet have the skills to not merge with that part. And so mm-hmm. it was like, <laughs> it was so intense. It was like even more grief than I would, I think I would have been feeling before I had learned to like check in with those parts. And uh, I don't know if wait, you remember. Wait, hold on. So yeah. you checking in, but you were checking in with it, but you didn't realize that when you were checking in with that part, you instantly... When we say merge, we mean like the that that center inner adult part kind of goes if it goes away, and you just become yeah. only that eight year old part. Yeah, you sort and, of let the kid take over is the way. Yeah, I think. and that doesn't mean that just for people who are new to this, this doesn't mean like you've lost your mind and you start no. talking <laughs> like an eight year old or like well, what, I did, no, it's but that was <laughs> that's besides the point. Yeah. yeah. But it, this is what we do all day long, and we don't even realize yes. that many times we're in different ages. We're not in our very present self age. So go on. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I, so it just it was very it was um, really intense. Like just only doing the first part, like only checking in with the inner child and oh, like merging yeah. with them, and it just felt like overwhelming, and. Um, I had to call you more than once to sort of help me get back to self to connect from me as an adult who could, mm-hmm. you know, process these feelings and like allow yeah. them and be there with the part that was feeling those things. Do you remember how you did it? No, I don't. Unfortunately, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty intense. I mean, I remember when yeah. when I came back when we when I because uh, I grew up in Arizona, so I was back there where my family is. And when I came back, we you know did some more formal healings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but so I one way to do that if you are feeling sometimes it can be hard to tell what is just like feeling grief and what is feeling um when you're merged i guess is what i would say it reminds me of that old i think this is like a real therapist saying of if it's hysterical it's historical (laughs) and that can get kind of iffy when you're dealing with grief but i have experienced like when i experienced grief grieving my cats that i really really love which may sound silly but i very much bond with my cats um and not for no reason i mean not just because you love yeah they were the most stable part of my childhood but um when i would greet it did feel like very intense and sad and my heart like literally hurt and i felt the feelings but it didn't feel the same like I don't know, out of controlness, mm. to use a real word, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> that I felt when I merged with a with a little part of me that feels they don't have safety. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like they they need you know their dad to be okay, for instance, or like they're alone in the world. It's a different kind of grief, so it can feel like pretty intense to grieve but it's it is different wouldn't do you agree with that yeah i do like when i was able to um 
when I was able to be more in self, as you say, like more present as adult me, um, yeah. it was it, like, it was, it was, a very, it was just very different. It was less like, um, uh, I mean, hysterical is, is I think more dismissive than I mean it, but it was just, it was overwhelming. Like it was, it was, uh, like all yeah. I could do was like feel sad and cry. Yeah. Well, that is, I mean, hysterical doesn't, see, that's another word that's been uh, coupled yeah. with, like, in a negative way with female energy. But Well, literally shares the root from, I mean, it refers to, like, hysterectomy and hysterical are from the same root. Oh, I didn't know that. See, yep. that's why you're here. <laughs> For <laughs> uh, etymology. Um but anyway, yeah, so that is, um, yeah, it's, it is very helpful to have more center. One thing I want to say is I didn't, before, I actually, um, so my experience in the beginning with inner child work was because I would look at people's energy and I would see really, I mean, at the root of every problem really is an inner child. Um, I did also have, like in the early nineties an inner child therapist for a little bit. Um, but I didn't know about internal family systems until a little bit later, like about, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Anyway, they use, um, they say self with a capital S to be the center. Um, just letting you know, <laughs> letting the Thanks. people yeah. letting know. Letting people know. Um, so anyway, yeah. So those are some, that was, that's one way that I was dealing with the grief. And then the other thing is really basic energetic hygiene. I, it's one thing, especially being someone who has ADHD, even though I haven't been diagnosed by a doctor yet, but definitely. You've got it. You've got, huh? it. You've got it. I got it, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got this. I love giving tools and I, um, that are small and easy to do quickly. Um, you do have to be consistent about them. But I really, again, before I knew I had it, so much of my ADHD symptoms were, um, I don't know if healed is the right word, but kind of by using energy healing techniques of taking care of myself, essentially, like calling my energy back to me because it was just like, who? scattered you know thinking about a million things instead it's like oh I call my energy back to me for some reason that really um well I know why it's like taking out all of that input from all around you it minimizes that input and it helps right. you to just be with your energy that's it not all of the people I lived in New York City at the time when I was learning it. it's like instead of all of the millions of people it's like no it's just my energy and that helped me with things from just feeling boundaried and being able to set boundaries with people to like not losing my keys all the time and stuff like mm. that but uh, yeah I used to lose stuff all the time <laughs> I used to I told the story on Magic Monday a lot but for my 15th birthday my friend got me 15 sets of my key shout out to stephanie that's <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right on the borderline of nice and passive aggressive oh no it was nice i mean I, she didn't 
It would have been passive aggressive coming from my mom. That's true. Um, and then I was like, my reaction was like, oh, great. I get to lose all these keys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to pay have such to worry close attention. worry until I've lost 14. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but it did help me also dealing with this grief, like being there with my dad. And I mean, I guess maybe less with the grief and more with just, okay, I'm taking care of myself. You know, like I have to, um, I can't be scattered, like taking on his energy, for instance, right. or my sister's energy or whoever was around's energy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was really important to me to do some visualizing every morning. And one of those things was grounding, feeling my body, like being aware of my body, like just literally checking in somatically to feel like, okay, do I have tension in my feet? Where do I feel freedom in my body? Where do I feel, you know, relaxation? Where am I tense? And then just intending to call my energy back to me. Yeah. So that was another really important um, piece to to working with, with death. And then, yeah. you know, like, if we're going to... Go ahead. Uh, well, I just want to add, like, for... You know, for so many people when, I mean, really for most people, when you're dealing with grief, you're going to be back in like family systems that may or may yes. not be healthy. And even if they're healthy, yes. they're still energetically demanding. And so like Great that point. practice can be uh, especially helpful to make sure you're not giving away your energy or taking on other people's or both. Yeah, and if you do have challenging family members, it's also good to remind your inner child, I'm here, You're, we're not back at that age, I promise, even though we're around these people from that age, I'm an adult, like feeling into my heart. I mean, one thing that I really have dealt with with grief is to imagine those feelings of grief just going into my heart chakra like just go mm. breathing into my heart just feeling it processing it through my heart um is a way to really change the energy to just process it to let it not just be hanging around so so to speak yeah um oh and i was just gonna say if we're going from like um in terms of woo from not very woo with self-compassion to all the way with talking to dead people. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's another way that's been really helpful for me <laughs> is to be able to communicate with them. And I realize like people are like, well, good for you. It's nice that you can do that or yeah. Um, but you can have, I mean, it is the, the thing that I feel a little resentful about is that it's hard to speak to loved ones when you are really in grief. The grief kind of blocks it. Right. But sense. if you're in, does it? Does to me, yeah. Why? I mean, kind of for the same reason that they don't let, um, like they don't let doctors practice on their own family. Like uh, because your emotions are clouded and like especially right. if you are in grief at that moment, it is yeah. going to be very hard to like you know, sort of use your tools from a grounded place. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's the same thing where they say, like, your nervous system needs to be relaxed and calm before you can deal with anger, even in a, if you're in an argument, 
make sure you're calmed down before you com- before you communicate with people that are alive. Right. <laughs> right. So same goes when people that are dead. The old deadies. I am noticing I'm saying like a lot, which hmm. I guess is real Californian of me, but here we are. It didn't seem like an excessive amount to me. Well, you know me pretty well. Um, <laughs> so I do want to say about that is you can set that intention if you can understand, you know, try to, I feel this is another one of the things about, um, that I have said before about dealing with like woo stuff is the rhetoric around it is that either it's for other people like only special people can do it. Only special mm. people can access their intuition, really, or talk to people who have passed or whatever. Or it's not real. It's like one or the other, you know. Right. And by the way, whenever you're dealing with fear in general, like a fear part of yourself, usually they will talk in very black and white terms also right. that are not true. You know, like, mm. oh, you can't do this. You're terrible at it. Or... If you don't do this, you're terrible. You know, it's right. like yep. conflicting message. Did I interrupt you or no? No. Okay. I think you interrupted yourself. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, you can practice it. You know, when you're feeling less in grief, you can, if you have a loved one that's been gone a while and you're feeling more regulated, you can just get into a meditative state or just take some deep breaths and then just ask like okay at whatever questions you want or whatever it is and then just start to hear what comes up and the biggest part I, I teach an energy healing class and the number one thing in that class really is just trusting yourself learning how to trust yourself in this new kind of language and it's the same thing with talking to dead people yeah that, that's, it's easier than you think yeah well that is that overcoming that that um Hurdle. That dismissal of your uh, of the information that comes to you is not a small thing. Like it was, it, I for me, it took me a long time to sort of trust my own information in the sense that, like I, my skeptical part that grew. Um, I grew up in a very religious family and left the church. And so I, I, I swung hard the other way in terms of like, I am a rational atheist, no God, and I can prove it kind of, uh, obnoxious person. Uh, and <laughs> that's uh, not how you feel now. No, or no, it's not. I, I've, uh, I've, the pendulum has settled somewhere more in the middle. Um, but, but that dismissal of like, oh, well, that's not coming from like you know your grandma or like from the universe that is just you thinking it like right. that's a, you're giving yourself this answer so like it's right. not real yeah. yeah yeah that's hard and honestly i had to be validated a lot in terms of um reading people for a while and hearing them say things like oh yeah that's exactly you know what she would say or whatever or like this happened or that I would get I would get validation and that would help me know like oh okay I'm on the right track here I am hearing these things and this is what it feels like to connect in this way yeah you know and it is a more subtle um way of communication to say the least (laughs) (laughs) I mean you're not literally hearing um, so 
sometimes, you know, I don't get it right. Sometimes it's like, wait, is that what they're saying? I don't know. Just like with miscommunication with alive people, that can happen too. Right. So just to be gentle with yourself as you're learning it, like, oh, okay. And, and if you can treat it like fun, that can also help you learn quicker. Yeah. Well, it's not like getting on a, like you're not connected to that person and they're speaking directly to you as, you know, like the way, you, you know, right, listeners are listening to the podcast. It's, it's yeah. information coming in a different way. That's right. I think it was you who said it's like imagination. What did you say? Do you remember something about? Oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, just that imagination is, um, I forget how I put it now, <laughs> but it was something like <laughs> imagination is is uh, your intuition and information that is delivered to you through your thoughts or through your or that appear to come through your thoughts are dismissed as just imagination, as just like right. you're making this up. Um, right. Yeah. Off to, intuition to, is dismissed as imagination. Yeah. yeah. But it but it is like a similar language. It's like. When you're sometimes when you're like particularly for me when I'm looking at past lives, it feels like what I would have called imagination if I hadn't, you know, if I wasn't used to it and know now like, oh, yeah, again, right. getting validation like that's exactly how I feel right now because usually past lives are a reflect, you know, end up being a lot like these lives. Right. Well, it comes in through exactly the same place like you cannot like until you start practicing and even then like i mean i have some practice you know listening to information that i receive like it's indistinguishable at first from your thoughts yeah 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 Yeah. if you're learning it just keep trying all right well i think we said it all as Uh, far as that goes (laughs) yeah we're done there's nothing we're done we're done So now I'm going to give a little energy report, which is um, my feeling into the energy of the week ahead and um, just sort of giving what I'm, given what I'm getting. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what this should be called. The giving Giving what what I'm I'm getting getting. report. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Um, are you uh, what? I was just gonna ask if you're uh taking what they're giving because you're working, working for, for a living, living. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, All right? Just wanted to square that away, okay? That's a song in case there's any people <laughs> under the age of 50 listening to this. Just kidding, <laughs> you're under the age of 50, okay? Barely. So, <laughs> so, um, also, I do want to do a quick caveat, which is going to sound like um double talk but i don't actually i don't believe in telling the future in terms of predicting events but for me i can feel into the more immediate future so i'm like and not again not in terms of predicting events but just what i'm feeling about the energy right and that's on a sort of macro scale not like yeah like brett you're going to have an aneurysm this week right that's a specific event that right. I won't talk about. Um, okay. So anyway, basically, and and what I have found in the past is that 
before I was into astrology, I started to get into astrology after I was doing these energy reports and really saw a lot of things lining up. So now it's been kind of fun for me to read the astrology and be like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm feeling that. So anyway, it's Mercury retrograde. So, (laughs) you know, a lot of people fear that, but um. It doesn't have to be a time of fear, but this is what I'm feeling. Okay, how many times am I going to say this is what I'm feeling without saying it? I'm saying it now. (laughs) Basically, it does feel like this sort of, and also it was a full moon on Saturday um, in Pisces. So that brought up a lot. It's it's a big feeling moon. It's also a moon of rest. Mm. I'm a Pisces rising, so, you know, I love it, but some people don't. Um, But... There's this feeling, it's a little bit of resistance energy, like, uh, I want to do this thing, but like, uh, I also don't want to do this thing. I want to stay home and go under the covers. Um, Also, there may be, I mean, just like with, and I am certainly feeling a lot of Mercury retrograde stuff, which is like things breaking down, communication breaking down. Um, things meaning technical things have been breaking or like um, or otherwise being difficult right yes and like my um yeah just like different apps haven't been working stuff like that is more typical but on an emotional level what i want to say about it goes along with a theme that i've been feeling lately for a few weeks now in my clients i've been seeing it a lot and also i've been feeling it which is when you're in that sort of void time when you don't when you know you don't want to do the thing you used to do but you also don't feel or are scared of the new path So like the new path hasn't been, you can't really see it very well, or you know, oh God, now I have to start setting boundaries all the time, but I don't really want to set boundaries yet. But I also know I don't want to be in that relationship where my boundaries were walked over. So it it is sort of, it's this in-between like uncomfortable feeling of also, I don't know what's next, but I... No, I don't like the old stuff. So it's about really building tolerance and capacity for being in that in-between space where uh, of what I just described. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it can be really hard to build capacity for that because in some ways it's just sitting in your feelings. Yeah. Yeah, which can be a very uncomfortable place to be sometimes. Especially if it's some of those feelings are about like, let's talk about, I don't know, something specific. Like um, there's a relationship that isn't going how you want it to go. So you're not going to engage. And it used to be, oh, I have a good example of a client. So um, they were having trouble with this relationship where it was making them feel insecure and when the person got off the phone they immediately like called them back and was like oh i i want to but let's talk this out let's talk this out Hmm. and then they realized like oh wait i don't want to do that anymore so they had to sit with their discomfort the person wasn't there so then they were like okay i'm not gonna do my usual thing of texting them or like trying to email or whatever trying to engage instead i'm just gonna be in this place with these feelings of 
oh, this feels really bad to not call them back, but I also know I don't want to do that anymore. Right, right. Yeah, like stopping stopping a uh, coping mechanism that you've used for a long time that isn't serving you without knowing yet what it's going to be replaced by it can be really hard. Yeah, you said that very eloquently. <laughs> so, yeah, so one thing that you can do to help build up this tolerance is good old self-compassion, the number one tool that I love that really... Just put it, put your, try putting your hand on your heart. Oftentimes when we're in that place, we will go into our heads to try to control or attempt to control the situation. It doesn't mm. work, but it's uh, oftentimes a trauma response. So to feel into your body, take a big breath, feel your feet, look around the room. If you're feeling unsafe, remind yourself you're safe by looking at things in the room to remind you you're in the present. Um, if you can bring up your inner, the feeling of that fear or whatever it is, the discomfort, imagine it 10 feet in front of you and give, see if you can feel compassion for that feeling. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. And that you really, you're building new habit. This is the uncomfortable work of building new habits is being in that uncomfortable time. So yeah. letting yourself know like, oh, this is normal for when I'm changing something. Right, right. Can I ask you a quick yes. uh, clarifying question? Because I remember this term used to trip me up a little bit uh, when, when I first heard it. When you say feel into something, like feel into hmm. the energy of the week or feel into your body, that really just translates to paying attention to. Would you agree with that? Like pay attention to or put focus on. Mm. Yeah, would I would say that? that plus maybe some heart energy with it like mm. so it is more like feeling it as opposed to i see it's kind of Just... yeah paying attention to it feels to me more like a cerebral thing like noticing uh -huh. you yeah. know yeah so yeah so more like yeah yeah that's what it's I almost mean. like attention plus self-compassion yeah yeah or okay. but when i'm feeling into the energy of the week it's not really self-compassion oh, it's right, more right. like a that's using more um, other of psychic senses, <laughs> like yeah, right, tuning right. into the yeah. It, that's something else. Um, I am paying attention to it, but not with my brain. Brain, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that sound. Who needs funny. that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope that's helpful. And oh, the reason I was going to say is it's good to. To know it's normal is because sometimes when we're in that spot, we can go into a bullying place of like, this isn't, ugh, why aren't I there yet? Or, yeah. you know, yeah. I wish I wasn't triggered. And it's like, allow yourself to be triggered. Um, I know that sounds like an easy thing to <laughs> say, but, but don't resist it. Like, if you're, there is, a, I have noticed actually in myself lately that, and uh, even though I'm kind of I'm feeling the trigger, I'm also resisting it at the same time. And I noticed if I can let myself just say like, oh, I'm triggered. OK, this is just where I am. I'm going to stop fighting it. This is where I am. I yeah. still I still fight it sometimes. And I just want to I feel like always adding this whenever anyone new might be hearing that advice. I remember the first time you told me to 
just allow myself to be well. It's so like I'm specifically when I used to perform improv, I would sometimes get very like I'd get nervous or self conscious, and I'd really get in my head, like overthinking and analyzing and judging. And I remember when you told me just allow yourself to be in your head, I thought like, well. That's a great idea, but <laughs> how the fuck am I supposed to do that? Like, mm. I'm in my head. How do I not be in my head? And I don't really have specific advice on how to do it, except to, like, if anyone else is having a similar reaction, just accept that it is possible. Well, and you think, said, and like, w- yeah. like, observe when I eventually I was able to just observe without judgment and without obsession that I was in my head. Right. And it allow it, it creates a distance that allows you to, to, to decide on like how to deal with it that isn't there when you're when, when you're merged you're with in it. your head and judging yourself for it and and all yeah. of that. You said how do I not be in my head? I'm in my head. How do I not be in my head? But that's the whole thing. I'm not saying don't be in your head. I'm saying right. let yourself stop fighting that you <laughs> right, are. right, right, right. Well, just like the uh, yes, that uh, just uh, allow yourself to be in your head felt like an impossible instruction mm. to me the first time I heard it. Well, that's what I like to do, give impossible instructions. <laughs> Seemingly impossible instructions, um, but in fact, life-changing. <laughs> um, yeah, well, one of my favorite, this is the last thing I'll say, one of my favorite um, things to help with that is the Sedona Method and mm-hmm. their little mantra, can I allow what is to be? And yeah. be and be. So if you're feeling triggered, can I allow myself to be here? Yeah, just allow myself to be triggered and be here and be here. So, like, that's it. It's we don't realize how much resistance we put up to to these. Yep. Um, Okay. So that's what I'm feeling, and here we go. (laughs) Um. All right, everyone. Listen, I enjoyed it, and I'm glad you're here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we're here too. Um, I guess I already said where to find me, so I don't need say, to do you could say that. Yeah, I could. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, check out the show. Oh, you know what I did not say? Oh, did I already say this to ask if no, you, you have didn't. any questions? Oh, I didn't. Okay, well, check out the show notes. Um, are we going to have a website? We sure are. It's gettingtoknowwoo.com. Oh. oh, look at that. You can check out the show notes on there. Um. Also, if you ha- if you want to ask a question, you can ask me at getting to know woo o o at gmail.com. And to give me some show topics you might be interested in. Great. Oh, might we have a newsletter people could subscribe to? That's quite possible. It sounds like we will. <laughs> Do you think that's possible this week? I'm asking my producer on the spot. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe not this week. Yeah, well, check the show notes. Uh, if it's available, it will definitely be there. And then if it's not, do it. then If it it's won't. not, wait till next week. You can yeah. email me and I'll put you on hold for that. <laughs> so one thing I want to say before we go is please, if you enjoyed this podcast, to rate and review it because... 
you may be the first one to do it. Yeah. Wow. You could be wow, the first. wow, wow. That would be exciting for me. Plant that first flag in your yeah. comment. Or the second or the third. Anyway. I mean, all we, of them are exciting. Yeah, they're all exciting. We really <laughs> will appreciate it because that's how people are going to find this podcast. And just we really appreciate it and you for listening. So thank you so much for being here. And um, we hope to see you next time. Bye.